Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, the sequel. This is day 130 and it's been three years and one day since I originally began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. This is a big update show since I wrapped up the original show over a year ago and haven't posted a sequel for about six months. For new listeners who are looking for my food story, told in real time about how I came out from under 50 years of compulsive dieting and binge eating and how I learned to accept myself and to turn my focus onto life versus food, please go back and listen to shows 1 through 120. Today's show will be all about our voices, what we tell ourselves, how we reach out, how we can use our voices to share who we are. I'll catch you up with some of the life events that have happened to me since last we spoke, including my thoughts about my mom, what's new with my voice acting dream, how I'm doing with intuitive eating. You'll hear several stories from new BCs who called the Bravery Hotline or use SpeakPipe. We'll get exciting news from our singer-songwriter-in-residence, Fiona Lane, and hear the title track from her new album, Like a Babe. Lots of voices today, lots of stories. So please stay tuned while we listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, and then I'll start off by sharing what I'm letting go of today. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows, I'm letting go. silent wind that never really blows I'm letting go Oh Josh, it's been a while, but it's so wonderful to be sitting here on top of the mountain at the next to upper Zen spot and to see the fluffy white clouds in the blue skies and just to take a breath and to appreciate the fact that I'm here, I'm breathing and I'm still moving forward with my dreams. You know, Brave Companions, this Letting Go segment is going to be just a little bit different than usual. Normally, I have an idea that comes to me while I'm listening to Josh, and I just go off the top of my head. And I'm kind of sort of going to do that today, but I know for a fact what I need to let go of, and that is a big F, not F-U, but fear of failure. The fear of failure can get in our head, get in our way, whether we're talking about eating and body issues or career goals, romantic goals, just getting our house cleaned up. Boy, I don't know how many times I've let my house turn into this huge, big, horrible project rather than taking care of business a little at a time. And if it does get into such a state, you know, the only way that I've managed to overcome is to say, okay, what little thing can I do today? and not see myself as a failure. Because if I'm a failure, there's no way I'm gonna get up off the couch. But I digress. This story about how I'm letting go of fear of failure involves two of the biggest things in my life, my family and my voiceover career dream. As most of you know, if you've been listening for a while, I'm retired due to a bicycle accident. For newbies who are listening for the very first time today, hi, pleased to meet you. My name's Lori. I'm almost 60 years old and I retired at age 52 kind of unexpectedly. And you can look on my website, compulsiveovereatingdiary.com to learn a little bit more about me. But for the people that have been with me a while, you kind of know my story. 
And one of the things that came out in the midst of making Compulsive Overeating Diary was my dream to be a professional voice actor. Now, for me to be a professional voice actor, that was as far away as if I said, I'm going to be an astronaut and fly to the moon. You know, that seemed totally ridiculous. I had physical issues with my face from the bicycle, from the bicycle accident. I hadn't had any acting training for more than 30 years. Even though I live in the Los Angeles area, I wasn't plugged into the creative community. I didn't have best friends who are actors or in the biz or connections like that. So frankly, this seemed like an impossible dream. So that's one thing. The other thing, which I'll touch in more, is that in September, my mom passed away unexpectedly for me. And that really took the wind out of my sails. And both of these things are tied together a little bit. So in just a moment, I'm going to continue on with that story. Okay, I'm back. For those who are wondering, like, wow, why did you leave such a dramatic pause in that story right after your mother passed away? It really wasn't dramatic pause. It was when my batteries ran out in my trusty Roland 05 recorder. But luckily, I've learned from having this happen to me on the mountain before and always carry extra batteries with me. Yay! So that kind of goes into my story of learn from the past, bring that forward to try to give yourself a fighting shot at success, right? So in this case, I can continue doing this show here on top of the mountain and not be cursing all the way down because I forgot to bring extra batteries. But again, I digress. All right, let me start what was going on in September. I had been coaching all summer long, including I think the last time that I spoke to you around July of this year, in July of 2016, and right now it's 2017 in February. So as I know that people come following behind after me, this could be years in the future, woo! But today for me, it's February 4th, 2017. And in the summer, I was coaching with a well-known commercial voiceover actress named Tish Hicks. And both of us thought that I was ready to begin coaching for my commercial demo. Now for a voice actor, this is a very big step. You go into a studio and you work with a producer and you create different snippets of your voice that you then send out to production companies and to agents to try to get representation. And so it's a really big deal. It's a really big step. I was kind of doubtful and thought Tish might be like, just being nice to me, but that's really not fair to her because she's not the type who'd be saying, yes, go for it. You know, I think that's a good idea if she really thought not, but I was full of self-doubt. So one of the things that I had done to overcome my self-doubt is I had had a workshop with a well-known animation actor named Richard Horvitz. Now you might've seen Richard's animation work in Invader Zim, Angry Beavers, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, where he was one of the star performers. He also had done live movies before, like back in the 80s, he was in summer school with Kirstie Alley and Mark Hammond. So I knew who Richard was and I wanted to take his workshop and I really liked it and I felt comfortable. And I liked the performances he got out of me. He was a really good director for me and we clicked. And I took another set of workshops with him and I decided that I wanted to make my commercial demo with Richard. So part of this process was coaching with him 
kind of figuring out what was going to be on this demo, trying out different reads, different copy, things like this. And we're right in the middle of it when my mom had an optional surgery. And I talked to my brother several times and I talked to my mom and I said, hey, do I need to fly up to Washington right now? And my brother said, no, this, she's doing great. She had the surgery, she was doing really well, everything was fine. And my mom said the same. Well, I'd love to see you, but I'm doing just fine. No need to worry. But something just in the air, I guess, I just got into my head that I needed to fly up for the weekend and just visit her. I knew that she was going to be getting out of the hospital like in a few days, but I thought, well, she's in the hospital now and that can be deadly, dull, and boring. And I thought, I'll do some things to cheer her up. So I went online and I got old radio shows and things and I put into a little simple iPod player so that it was really easy for her and got her great big headphones so that it was easy for her to use in the hospital. And I told her that I was coming up there and I flew up to Washington. I got there on a Friday. I probably spent six hours with her and it was great. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about our conversation. But I said to her, I kissed her, you know, she was feeling good, looking good. And I said, I'll see you tomorrow, mom. And the hospital called me in the middle of the night and let me know that she was in distress. So she was in a, a coma for about another day and she passed away. So I thank God or the universe or luck or my intuition or whatever it is that made me just decide I better go see my mom because there was nothing in the world that was saying you need to stop what you're doing, right? I was right in the middle of making this commercial demo, which was the most important thing for me at that time. I was focused on that like a laser. I was practicing, I was taking classes, I was coaching with Richard. I was doing everything in my power to get this demo done. Well, nothing like having your mom pass away to put, you know, a little obstacle in your path. Not only was there the physical obstacles of the fact that I had to stay in Washington through making plans for the funeral and the funeral service and work with my brother to help the distribution of things and just having the shock of now I'm an orphan because my dad had passed away just after my 50th birthday. So now I'm an orphan, now I'm on the precipice, I'm dealing with all of these unexpected feelings and things and fears and just feeling crummy. So there was just the physical things. And then when I came back to California, I worked with Richard some more and said, I need to work just to see, see if I'm even emotionally capable of reading anything. And for a few weeks, I don't think I was. And in fact, I think maybe I wasn't quite ready. At least I felt that way when I went ahead and made my demo. I said, Richard, I need to make this demo. I feel like it's something I need to do. But I doubted myself and thought, boy, you might really be doing the wrong thing. This is probably the stupidest time in the world to go ahead and make a commercial demo. But Brave Companions, I have been working towards voiceover for more than two years at this point, like every day and working out with workout groups and with coaches and doing things judiciously. And it was time for me to make a demo in order for me to go to the next step. And I felt like it would be really, really easy for me to get lost in grief. Really, really easy.
to get lost in grief and to say, what the heck, what does it matter? We're all going to die anyway. Because literally I kind of had that thought when my mom passed away. What's the point of anything? We're just all going to die anyway. But the point is, well, we're alive. <laughs> we have things to do, emotions to process, things to experience, blue skies to see, trails to hike. But again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. One of my biggest fears in life and the biggest fear of failure I had was I felt like I might have been a really bad daughter. Like I just did not get how to be a good daughter. I really had that fear that I just wasn't good because I did things like move to California when my mom and my whole family lives in Washington, right? It's harder to spend time with your mom and dad and your brother and your extended family when you live in California and they all live in Washington. It's hard to be there for the little things. You have to plan a little bit more. And I had a lot of, you know, things that I worried about that I had done when I was younger and like that I disappointed my mom and that she was sorry. One of the last things that she said to me was, wow, you turned out to be a really good person. And you're real pretty, too, because you look just like me. <laughs> and I said, yeah, Mom, I come from a family of beauty. And I think that might have been the last thing I said to her. Yeah, Mom, I come from a family of beauty. I have to stop recording for a, a couple of minutes because this is bringing up some emotions to me and it's really hard to record when I'm reliving this grief moment. So this is a nice time, I think, for me to share with you a conversation that mom and I had when she came down to visit me because she used to come to visit me, especially in November. And for my old show, Daily Adventure Tales, she came with me down here to the picnic area and we had this nice little talk. And now, boy, am I glad that I had Daily Adventure Tales because I've got the chance one more time to hear my mom talk with me. I hope you enjoy it. Today, mom and I decided to come up and have a picnic at the picnic grounds at the Duke Meijan Wilderness Park, and it's pretty nice. And Mom, you've never been here before. No, I haven't, but it's beautiful. What do you think of it? What do you like about it? Well, I like the trees and the bushes and the nice little picnic area and the tables. Everything's nice and clean and neat and all the little birds that are flying around and walking around. <laughs> I showed Mom the mountains where I just did my hike this morning. And I think she was surprised I was hiking up in the mountains like that. But down here in the flat, it's nice. My friend Jane is a member of the, the preserve that takes care of the winery that's here. There's a little historic winery, and every year she gets one bottle of wine. Did you see the grapes behind you? Mm -hmm, I saw the grapes. What? Why did you agree to come on a picnic with me today? Because I wanted to get warm. <laughs> yeah, I keep my house kind of cold because I suffer from hot flashes pretty <laughs> terribly. So I'm always happy if it's just cold naturally and I don't have to pay for air conditioning. But poor mom has had to put her, her sweater and her coat on in my house. Also, since we changed to the tile floor, it's a little cooler than when the carpet was in there. 
But if you're thinking about doing something, if you need to have lunch, why not go out and have a picnic? There's a lot of places in the areas where you live, maybe a public park, or maybe you're fortunate enough to be by the beach, or just a nice vista, even outside of your own house or apartment. Just have a little picnic, and that might be something new for your day. Okay, what were you telling me about your outside space at your apartment? Well, when I moved into my new apartment in February, it, it, I moved there because it had a really nice big deck, and it's a good place to keep your bicycle so that when you come up, you have a bicycle to ride, and it's also a good thing for me to ride the bike once in a while. But anyway, the nice big deck made a good place this summer. I could go out there and sit and have my morning coffee and read my paper and I could see half of Mount Rainier. Part of the building where I live has a wing that blocks off half of the mountain. So from my deck, I just see half of it. But I'm very happy to see that half. Is it the pretty half? Well, the, the whole thing is pretty, <laughs> but it is very nice in the morning when the sun's shining on it. And it looks like a big uh, ice cream cone. Now, you talk about your mountains here. But they're not anything like when somebody tells me in Washington State that they're going hiking in the mountains. That's a different kind of hiking. Yes, you might have to have your, your ice clamps or something there. I, I don't think I would enjoy that. I think I'm really a Californian at heart, even though I grew up in cold and rainy Washington. Though Washington is beautiful in the summertime, I think, maybe early fall, but I'm very happy to be here in mild California in the wintertime. And it did take me a long time to think of these foothills. To me, that kind of first thought that these mountains were foothills, but they aren't. They really are mountains, and they're beautiful in their own way. Yes, you'd be very surprised, I think, some morning if you woke up and they were covered with snow. I have woken up and they've been covered with snow. We have had that. Oh, that's unusual. That is very unusual. In fact, if you go to my website, dailyadventuretales.com slash, I believe, hail, H-A-I-L, or search for the word hail, you'll find a video that I took at Descanso Garden in the middle of a hailstorm, and it looked like it was snowing last spring. Wasn't that cool? I feel so blessed and so lucky that I have that snippet to hear because it wasn't us like putting on an act. That really was how we talked. And for those of you who enjoy the way that I speak and my accent and wonder where I got it, well, now you know. I'm a chip off the old block. I look like her. I sound like her. We were two peas in the pod. And I think, you know, those of you who are mothers (laughs) Or a daughter of mothers know that sometimes when you're so alike, it's where some of the friction comes from. But underneath all of it was just this deep abiding love, just deep abiding love. And when I came back home, I was just really, really sad. But one of the things I'd found when we were going through her things was a book I'd forgotten about. Mom had a thing. Mom was a school teacher also. She taught third grade for years and years and years. And she used to have her kids make these books. They'd write stories and fold them and bind them with cardboard and illustrate them. And for some reason, when I was maybe 10 or so, she had written a story called We Were Tired of Eating at Home. And she asked me if I wouldn't illustrate it so that we could make this book. 
and I'd forgotten all about it. But I found it there in her things, and I brought that home, and I decided that I would take pictures of these illustrations, and I would narrate the story and put it on a thing called Adobe Spark, where it's got music and everything. So now, in memory of my mom, I'm going to share the audio portion with you of We Were Tired of Eating at Home. My mom passed away last week, and when we were going through her things, I found this book that she and I had made together. She used to make books like this with her third grade class. I don't remember why we made it, but I'm glad that we did. We were tired of eating at home. Written by my mom, Margie Bungie, illustrated by me at around age 10 when I was Lori Bungie. We were tired of eating at home. So we grabbed our hats and coats and wallets and marched to McDonald's. We liked McDonald's for the vanilla shakes and hot fries and cheeseburgers and cherry pies. We liked McDonald's until the ketchup dispenser went wild. So we grabbed our hats and coats and wallets and cherry pies and skipped to Sea Galley. We liked the Sea Galley for the clam chowder and fish and chips and all of the pictures of old sailing ships. We liked the Sea Galley until the fishnet fell from the ceiling. So we grabbed our hats and coats and wallets and cherry pies and fish and jogged to the Jade Palace. We liked the Jade Palace for the chopped suey and fried rice and the jasmine tea in pots so nice. We liked the Jade Palace until the fortune cookie predicted bad luck. So we grabbed our hats and coats and wallets and cherry pies and fish and pot of tea and hurried home. We liked to eat at home. Dedicated to my mom, Margie Bungie. I love you, Mom, and it's my pleasure that this is my very first audiobook. I miss you. I don't know about you, but that really helped me deal with my grief. And sometimes when we have a setback, we need to go into our memories or find one moment or something that was good something to hang on to because it's a very very rare situation in life where you can't find some nugget a golden nugget in all the crumminess that you're feeling right even though I had this fear oh maybe I've been a bad daughter or I have fear about using my voice again it really comforted me and made me feel like I was participating with my mom in a project again for me to narrate her story and to put it online for people to see. And if you come to the show notes, compulsiveoveratingdiary.com slash day, D-A-Y, one, three, zero, you'll see a link where you can go see my illustrations as well as the narration of the book. You'll see the actual book as I took pictures of it. But that's part of where I'm getting at is I had fear of failure. I thought I wasn't a good artist. That's why I haven't done art for a long time. I said, I'm not a good artist. But my friend who is an illustrator and really good artist, she saw that book and said, 
man, Lori, you're one of the best illustrators for that age that I've ever seen. That was really creative. Now, to me, it just kind of looked like silly stick figure stuff, and I would put myself down. And I remember that my big dream when I was young is I wanted to go to New York and draw Spider-Man or come down here and work in animation because I loved animation and I loved to draw, and I was drawing cartoons all of the time. But my drawing style is, let's say, it's <laughs> not refined. I didn't get the hang of perspective or color theory or whatever it is that the art lessons were. I just kind of drew stuff to express how I felt. And I didn't realize at that time that just expressing how you felt is really what artistic expression is. So it made me feel good that my friend said that. But it also made me realize that I had let fear, fear of being a failure, stop me from doing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things. Now, I probably could have had a pretty cool life if I'd gone to New York after school and gone to art school or got hired to draw Spider-Man <laughs> or come down here to California earlier and been an animator and got to paint when they had cells and learned how to do the digital stuff that they do today. That might have been cool. Now as a voice over actor, I'm part of Women in Animation and so I get to go and hear all of the people that work in that field, the producers, the writers, the creators, the technical people, the story artists, all that stuff. And see screenings at studios like Disney or DreamWorks. It's really, really awesome. For me, it's like a dream come true just to rub shoulders, just to see how these things are done. And to think that one day, maybe my voice will be in some piece of animation is still a great dream of mine. And I have a hope of making it come true. So that fear of failure doesn't have to be the be all end all, even if in the past, you let your fear stop you from accomplishing something. That kernel of goodness can sometimes push you further into that same dream, maybe from another direction. In my case, rather than being an artist in animation, maybe I'll be a voice. Which is a wonderful segue to my next topic in the story. Now... I'm not going to say how much, but needless to say that to make a professionally done demo, to work with a good director and a good studio and to get a really quality demo made costs some bucks. It isn't super cheap endeavor. And I had had this money saved to get this done. Now, I don't know about you, but having to pay full price and fly up to Washington and Mark had to fly up and back and up and back and to stay in hotels and to deal with these things, we had a lot of expenses. And Lori's commercial demo kind of went down, 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 down on the priority list. So another, another obstacle I faced once I got home was looking at my checkbook and saying, gosh, hon, I think this demo has to be put off. I don't see how I'm going to come up with the bucks to get this done at this time. And so I was feeling emotionally like, oh man, I lost my mom. Now I can't do my demo. I'm feeling kind of no good. <laughs> I'm feeling crummy. So I went down to the park, my local park that I walk around a lot to talk to you guys. But I just went for a walk, 
crying and feeling crummy and trying to get my sadness out of my heart about this and feeling like, you guessed it, a failure. Well, I took a picture of myself because I'd had in my mind that maybe I'll write a blog post for you guys. Well, I didn't write a blog post, but I thought maybe I might. <laughs> maybe I will. So I took a selfie of myself by an oak tree like I usually do. And I've taken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these selfies in the course of Compulsive Overeating Diary and Daily Adventure Tales and doing blog posts and things like that. Lots and lots of them. For the first time ever, when I looked at this selfie of myself when I got home, is I saw that I was completely surrounded by a rainbow. And I'm going to post this on today's show notes so you can see that I am surrounded by a rainbow. And what's cool about that is that rainbows were my mother's big, big thing. She loved rainbows. She was active in rainbow girls. She just, rainbows were her thing. And my family and I really started noticing rainbows after she passed away. So whether it's a whoo, mystical event, or that's just the attention that we put on things, or seeing rainbows reminded us of my mom. Rainbows turned into a big sign and a big deal. And I swear to you, I have never before or since seen myself in a selfie surrounded by a rainbow. And what's even more mystical, if you look at these things, is when I went home, I got a communication from my brother. Now, I wasn't expecting anything monetarily from my mom at all. Because that's just the way that, that it was, right? I was expecting nothing. And my brother said, guess what? Unexpectedly, as I was going through things, you get half of this annuity. And the amount that he quoted me was exactly what I needed to finish my demo. So between that <laughs> coincidental amount and that rainbow encircling me like a great big rainbow hug, I said, it's time to do the demo. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit, a snippet of the finished product. And if you like, you can hear the whole darn thing at my voiceover website, Lori Weaver, VO, V like Victor, O like oranges, or voiceover. And also it's in the menu of Compulsive Overeating Diary now. Also, it says Lori's voiceover site. So you can hear the whole darn thing. But here's a snippet of my commercial demo. See what you think. believe with every setback, there's a chance to come back and rise when you bring a little something extra to the table. So if you're thinking about it, rest up. You're about to settle into the ride of your life. Sometimes doing nothing means everything. We didn't break the mold. We flattened it. Inspired by the old way of making things. All slow simmered. I had a lot of fun doing that. So thank you, Richard, for being such a great director. And thank you, Pat, the engineer who put this together. I was pretty proud of that demo. That, that was some fun experience. Which brings me to my next fear of failure topic. Now, once you have a demo... And as you can see, there's all kinds of different spots from straight commercial to a little bit wacky to the sexy one. These different kinds of voices and, that show your range. Every single person is going to have a different opinion. 
if every one of you BCs went to my voiceover website and listened to my demo, you would all like certain spots and maybe not like other spots as well. You know, you might rank them in a different order or have a different opinion. This one was really too energetic. This one wasn't energetic enough. This is the one that should be the first one in your demo. This is the one that should not even be in your demo. You know, everyone has a different opinion. And unfortunately for me, being a people pleaser, I let a lot of people listen to my demo and give me a lot of feedback on it to the point where I was so confused because in all artistic endeavors, there's no such thing as a perfect way of doing something. You know, my job as an actor, when I get the gig, is to actually do it however the director or the client wants it, no matter what I think, right? Make it more energetic, make it less energetic, make it with a Southern accent, make it with a New York accent, be older, be younger, be more blue, whatever. Everybody has an opinion and you just do it. But I let myself get into my head to such a degree that I became scared of the purpose of a demo, which is to send it out to agents. I made excuse after excuse after excuse why I could not send this demo out to agents, that it wasn't really very good and maybe I should wait. Now, Richard, if you're listening to this, it's nothing about you. This was all me and my feelings about my performance and my fear of not being good enough. And, you know, many people in the arts are just in life or many of you BCs have the same thing, where you're all worried about how you perform something. Well, I had a meeting with some voiceover friends this past Monday. And in that meeting, they challenged me and said, Lori, we want you to send this demo out right now to some agents. So I promised that I would send this demo out to three agents the very next day. And being a person who values my word, no matter what I thought, I found three agents, including one that was kind of a pie in the sky wish for me. And I sent off my materials and thought, okay, well, at least I can tell my friends straight in the eye that I sent out my demo like I promised. And I went on with my life. And as a matter of fact, I noticed that the three-year anniversary of Compulsive Overeating Diary, that is February 3rd, was coming up. And I thought, wow, you know what? This would be a great day for me to hike up the mountain and do a big update show because it's the three-year anniversary. And I was all pumped for that. And guess what? In California that day, it was pouring. I mean, pouring down rain. Not only would that have not been good, for hiking, but it wouldn't have been very good for recording. And I was really grousy. I said, I'm a failure. I can't even get up this mountain when I want. I can't even make this show. Grouse, grouse, grouse. Now, how am I a failure because it's raining? Man, I'm really self-involved that I think that I can cause the rain. I was just going to my old song and dance. But I did some other stuff around the house and the phone rang and I answered and I said, you got Lori, how can I help you? Because I was just trying to cheer myself up. And on the other end was, hey, it's Jimmy, and it's not what you can do for me, what can I do for you? And it was the agent that I wanted, said, we love your demo, we love your voice, we want to represent you. Oh, I can't believe it. 
This is a really good agency. It's called the Atherton Group, otherwise known as Tag Talent. And once my voice is up on their site and stuff, I'll put those links on today's show notes too. So you could see that as of yesterday, where I was feeling sorry for myself, I am a professional voice actor with a professional voice acting agent. This is a big deal. So did my fear of failure help me at all? No. (laughs) What helped me was for me to say, I see I'm having fear of failure and I'm going to do what I can anyway. And I learned that from doing the show and I learned that from dealing with my eating issues and I learned that from therapy. I still have that fear of failure big time. But it doesn't serve me. And so now any time that I fear I feel that I'm having fear of failure, I think to myself, F failure, I welcome success. F failure, you're not part of my life any longer. I refuse to have failure. I only have lessons. That's it. I refuse failure. I refuse it. I no longer have failure in my life. I only have lessons. Do I have disappointments? Sure. Do I have things that unfold in a manner different than I wanted or expected? Sure. But my life in these three years, Brave Companion, is so much richer, so much better. Because I started this show, because I took risks, because I went to the meetup group and met voice actors, because I went to Mark Cashman's class and gave it my go, because I kept going and going and going and trying and trying. And I have to be honest with you, when my mom passed away, I kind of let my intuitive eating just go out the window and grief felt like hungry to me. So I was kind of, I can't say it was robot aliens, but I was sort of like, screw it. And I started to put on some weight again. And I thought, you got it, I'm a big failure. But guess what? That's no longer the case. I doubled down on that. And I doubled down to the place where I'm now comfortable with the very last step of intuitive eating, which is making choices that have more in view of nutrition as well as wanting a particular food. And I'm much more able to feel again when I'm full. And I see that I'm feeling good in my body. I'm working out again. I'm walking again. I'm hiking again. I'm doing all of the things that makes my body feel good. And by talking to you today, I'm doing something that makes my soul feel good. I feel good to talk to you. So I'm going to wrap up, (laughs) let it go, this long, 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 long episode with that. Because I want to move on so that you can hear the voice of some other brave companions who called between July and now. And, you know, I had a big fear of... (laughs) I had a big fear of failure that because I hadn't lost weight, that I disappointed BCs on Compulsive Overeating Diary, and that people, when they came to the show as new BCs, would look at my picture, see that I hadn't lost weight, and say, screw it. And that's not true. So we've got five new BCs who either called SpeakPipe or called the Bravery Hotline, and I'd like to share their stories with you today.
right. Now, BCs, as always, I would love it, love it, love it if I got some more phone calls responding to these new BCs or if you would support them by commenting. Hi, Donnie. I bet if you're hearing this, you will come and comment. And to make it easier, since I've got five new BCs here, I am going to put the list of their names and a little summary of their call on the show notes. So if something sparks you, you don't need to worry about running out and getting your pad and paper (laughs) to have a comment you can see it on the show notes and be able to make your comment. So we're going to start off with Mary. And Mary called via SpeakPipe last September. And in her call on SpeakPipe, now I gotta warn you that this is not the best sound quality. And normally I wouldn't maybe have put this on the show, but I like what she had to say. So just it's just a minute or so long and I like what she says. She recommends a book called Eating Less, and she tells how she's progressing in her quest to live a life free of the scale and quantification. So you go ahead and listen to Mary, and I'm going to put a link to this book that she recommends on the show notes. Hey, Lori, this is Mary. I talked to you over the summer and said that I had just found your podcast, and I want to let you know that I am still listening. I am up to like 60-something, and I found a book that I really like. I believe it's called Eating Less, and I cannot remember off the top of my head who it's from, but it's someone from the UK. It's really good, and I wanted to just call up and let you know that I'm throwing away my scale for at least a month, so I've been doing kind of an intuitive eating thing um, in part to your awesome podcast giving me that idea. And it's been working and I'm not living a quantified life anymore. I just went running. I didn't track my calories. I have been eating and not tracking my calories. And you know what? The earth didn't explode and everything is going great. So I just want to call and let you know that you're still inspiring all these years later as I catch up on these episodes. And I just want to say thank you. Thanks so much, Mary, for the kind words. And I was so happy to hear about your progress with your intuitive eating journey. I went and checked out Eating Less, and it looks like a book that I would get some good from. So I want to thank you heaps and heaps and heaps for the recommendation. Here's a kiss for you. Next up is Susie. Susie called the Bravery Hotline, and she describes my voice in a very flattering way. And this call really cheered me up as I was spending my first Christmas without my mom and fretting over the time it was taking to progress with my voiceover journey. So big hugs and kisses. Hi, Laurie. My name is Susie, and I just discovered you yesterday. I just ran across your podcast and listened to the the very first three of your episodes, and I just wanted to call you and tell you how much I love your podcast and I just think you're wonderful. So many things that you talk about resonate with me. I'm 54 and I know it's been a couple of years since you started it, but you know, you were my age a couple of years ago. And uh, anyway, I just, I can hear in your voice how smart and, and kind and humble and wonderful you are. And, I'm just so thrilled to be able to listen to your wonderful, real podcasts and talking about things that, like I said, just resonate with what I'm experiencing in my life. And I guess it sounds weird, but I feel like I found a new best friend or something. And I 
I'm really excited to listen to all your other podcasts. Thank you. Thanks, Susie, for taking the time to encourage me. And I hope your journey continues to be encouraged by the wisdom of the Brave Companions as you continue through the show. One of my favorite phone calls on the Bravery Hotline came from Kevin from New York. Now, he's a young man who says that he was over 300 pounds in high school. And like my top weight was over 300 pounds also. And he says, my message is universal and that he has yo-yo just like me. And he's happy that I did Daily Adventure Tales so that his mom can listen to it. <laughs> Though, Kevin, I edited out that part for your mom's privacy. Hi, Lori. This is Kevin from New York City. I, I posted on, I believe maybe it was the Who the Brave Companions Are. A little, I think I got a little lost on the website. <clears throat> but... I've been listening to your podcast, and I really, genuinely appreciate it so, so much. I'm, I think I'm on episode maybe 62, 60 somewhere, um, and it's just, it's really helped me a lot because I feel like I've gone through a lot of the same cycles of, this is my diet, this is me off my diet, this is my binge eating, this is my binge constricting, and really thinking about it from that perspective is changed my approach to eating and I'm really trying this intuitive eating as well and definitely still in the beginning phases for myself and really struggling with that but um, just having more mindfulness about it like okay I'm going to eat this donut but why am I eating this donut that has just been so instrumental in me understanding all of the reasons that I eat because there's so many more than, than I even knew I just have no idea honestly and that's really, really helped. I'm still struggling a lot. I think I'm at a pretty good weight for my height and my age. Um, but I'm coming from being almost 300 pounds in high school. And, like, that really just shaped a lot of the things I feel like I'm reacting to now as I, like, grow into adulthood. And I think to be able to relate so strongly to you, even though you're in a different place in your life, really just speaks to the fact that your message is so universal. And I really want you to know that and just take such great solace in that. Like, I'm in such a different place, but I'm getting so much benefit from where you are. You know, the, the base of these brave companions that are benefiting from your experience, is just, I'm sure you know by now. I don't know. I'm only on episode 60, so who knows what's to come. But just thank you so much. I was going to, like, write out my bullets and be more organized. So maybe I'll just have to call back with my more organized call. But I really, really, really wanted to call and let you know how much of an impact you've had on me. You know, I've yo-yo dieted. I've been like 185 pounds and I've been 300 pounds. And it's just neither one felt good, you know? So really realizing that the way I treat food and myself has just been kind of groundbreaking, like no diet plan or like paths to fitness. It's like, how do you feel? <laughs> Check in with you. Are you happy? Are you all right? You know? All right. A more, more bullet pointed, more organized, thought out voicemail to come for sure. But just this one that's like, oh, I just need to do it. I just need to tell her she's just amazing and she really has made such an impact. And congratulations on your voice. Actually, I haven't listened to the new voice acting oriented podcast and I'm still have many to go but I'm excited to listen to them and so surprised this voicemail hasn't cut me off yet. All right. Thank you so much. This is Kevin from New York and 
Oh, if anything is of use, please feel free to use it. Um, all right. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Lori. Bye. I want to thank you for the encouragement about my voice and for letting me know that this middle-aged broad can relate to a hip young man like you. How exciting. By the way, you posted on the Bravery Report, which I thought was actually an excellent place since you earned your way on there big time by bravely calling and writing to share your story. And I'll post a link on today's show notes so you can read more about Kevin, a remarkable man from NYC, and hopefully some of you BCs who are still listening will post a hello to him. It would mean a lot to him and to me to know that you are still out there supporting each other. Jody from the South called the Bravery Hotline last December simply to celebrate our shared bravery. Hi, this is Jody from the South, just saying how much it means to me to hear you be brave. Um, I struggle every day with trying to be brave and dealing with my compulsive overeating, and it's just nice to hear someone else going through those same struggles. Thank you so much for helping me be brave. Lots of love and good wishes. Hey, Jody, I love that you did that, and you earned a place on the Bravery Report for sure. And as an aside, I'm working on being able to do a more authentic Southern accent in my voiceover career. So I appreciate having your warm tone to use as an example. Now our last BC's call, I can't use her name because I don't have her permission, but I got a big kick out of the fact that she called the Bravery Hotline while she was playing episode five in the background. Hi, um, Lori. I've been listening to your podcast. I wasn't even looking for anything related to overeating. Um, I've been calling myself a foodie for a while and joke about that, but um, I was looking for something else. So let me look up eating, overeating. Um, I'm willing to admit that I'm an overeater, um, but I'm on episode uh, five. You can probably hear a little bit of the music and your voice in the background. But um, just was um, given pause to some of your comments about, um, I guess, just knowing who you're, who you are, and more or less being your authentic self and. Being a people pleaser really was at the bottom of all of that, and that is me. That is really me. I, even my children who are in their early 20s have recognized that I am someone who tries to keep the peace, smooth things over, don't like conflict, um, but I really do appreciate this podcast. Um, and hear a lot of my thoughts and feelings in your voice. So thank you, and uh, maybe this will um, keep me from therapy, which from time to time I've contemplated but haven't really moved forward on it. But anyway, thank you, and I'll keep listening to the end. Bye.
I think sharing our truths with each other was a lot like informal therapy, and I know I learned so much from all of you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. So you can see, BCs, that while some of my listeners may have been disappointed in me for not losing weight or for not focusing on body and food issues as much as I had in the past, many BCs knew from the start that I look like this still and were encouraged anyway by the show and your contributions to be brave in their own lives. No matter what happens to my weight, Compulsive Overeating Diary is successful in its purpose, a safe place for us to explore and share our concerns and victories in life, where we just happen to have some food and body-based issues too. And speaking of victories, wow, am I proud to share right now the wonderful title song from Fiona's first album, Like a Babe. Like a babe I've cried at night and no one came I've shed the tears and felt the shame The pain And my mind It has kept me from the light of day Thought I couldn't wish the clouds of gray away Like a light in the dark You lit me up Will you stay, I wonder Could this be love, real love? As a child, thought I had to face the Never knew if I would find a home, my home, but I knew my life shouldn't be as hard as this. There was something I was sure I'd missed, my bliss. Fiana's album, Like a Babe, and the song on Amazon, on iTunes, or check out her Facebook page. 
And this song, I think, is like a powerful anthem about overcoming fear to gain the life you want and deserve with the love of one or more brave companions, which could be a romantic partner, a friend, God, or you yourself. Could this be love? The haunting last phrase. What does it mean to you? For me right now in my place, I really took it to be loving myself and Am I going to stay, right? Am I going to stay loving myself? And I've got the links for Amazon. I've got the links to Fiona's Facebook page where she's doing the February album writing month again. 14 songs in 28 days. Wow. And when we first met Fiona, she was wishing to be a singer-songwriter. Now she is. She also wished to go back to school and pursue a degree in music education. And she did it. And most of all, with all her heart, Fiona wished to become a mom. And I'm delighted to share with you that she and hubby Matthew welcomed their oh-so-cute son, Alden, last year too. Quite the year for Fiona. She, like me and like many of you, had fears about stepping out in bravery to go after what she truly wanted. She had the fear of failure, fear of not being worthy, not being capable. And look where she is. Fear of failure was a great big fat lie. I have fallen short in many goals, had life events knock the wind out of my sails and caused me pain and doubt. But I'm starting to know that failure is an illusion. There are only lessons and you can always, as long as you have breath in your body, learn what you need to become stronger and to try again. So BCs, until next time, leave failure on the ground, pick yourself up and take care because I really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound.